Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. guys, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I am so excited to be here with you today. As you can see, I am repping the vintage athletic wear. This little baby is over 20 years old because we are jumping back into my, uh, I guess my background, my, my journey thus far. And we are interviewing the coaching staff of the 2023 women's lacrosse George Mason University team. I'm so excited to have this conversation. It has been uh, quite a quite a quite a bit of time since I've been there. So the team, the university, the campus has developed so much. We've got three bright human beings that are leading the force of George Mason Women's Lacrosse. So we're going to unpack a, and a lot of the things have changed since I've been in school. So mental health and community. You know, we are ta- we're always talking about that on Turmeric and Tequila. We're going to talk about that with our D1 sports and how the coaches handle it. Why these guys love lacrosse so much. Many of them have been in the been in the game for many, many years. So that's always impressive. The NIL, how are we handling monetizing our likeness as young human beings? I can only imagine how that conversation goes. Title IX and what's coming up for the 2023 season. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome Kara, Nate, and Riley to the TNT mic. And we're going to do a little intro from them uh, right now. Hi, guys. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> I told them full transparency on TNT. We're newer to StreamYard, so we're working on this digital stage and all things in 2023. But without further ado, Kara, why don't you kick us off with um, your name, where you're from, and why you why are you excited about lacrosse for all these years? Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for having my staff and I today. Um, as Kristen mentioned, my name's Kara Mupo. Uh, going into year four here at George Mason. Um, I will tell you, it's been a dream of mine to be able to be a head coach at the division one level. Um, but when you talk about dreams, I think you can look at it from like two perspectives, one, just like, you know, achieving your dream and like notching it off your belt, but two or two doing it at a place where you really feel like you can reach the pinnacle of what you're trying to do. And as I enter year four, I fall in love with this place over and over every single year. So really fortunate to have reached my goal, do it here at a place at Mason where we can provide an unbelievable opportunity for our student athletes. So really excited to dive into that today. Uh, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Nate, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. So uh, Nate Medic, second year here at George Mason. Uh, defensive coordinator this year. So that'll be kind of a new role for me last year. I'm more focused on goalies and, and the transition play. So bumping into that defensive role this year, uh, I'd say I just fell in love with sports at a young age. I, I probably played six different sports at the varsity level in high school. Uh, I went on to play lacrosse at a, a place called Bethany college in West Virginia. And I, I didn't stay there long. I ended up transferring out and playing ice hockey instead at Slippery Rock university for my last three years of school. Uh, and I followed my passion by majoring in physical education. And uh, I taught for six years before I took this job, uh, ninth grade, health PE, driver's education. Uh, and I coached uh, varsity lacrosse at the high school level and club lacrosse. And I just, as Kara said, I'd always had a dream of coaching division one athletics. Um, I, I was so sports centered and the best part of my day when I was teaching was always when it ended and I got to run practice or I got to go coach a game. Uh, when this opportunity kind of came to fruition, that it was a no brainer. I had to just take a chance and, and do something I loved and I was passionate about. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited for the opportunity and excited for the chance to grow within my role and, and really hopefully help lead this team to places that we, you know, we dream of it getting to every day. Amen. Um, and then I'm Riley Ewing. Uh, this is actually my first year, not only coaching here at Mason, but also coaching at the collegiate level at all. I previously played at Ohio State for the past five years. I did do a, a year-long stint in corporate America, and that necessarily wasn't for me. <laughs> um, my background, I also I grew up actually on a football field more so than a lacrosse field. So uh, my father's a, a um, um, college or not college. He's a high school football coach down in Atlanta, Georgia. So I grew up in a coach's household. So for me, um, it's kind of always been the background of my life more so. It hasn't necessarily been something that I knew I wanted to do until recently, until I kind of stepped away from both the sport and the atmosphere. It, you know, absence may, makes the heart grow fonder and all that. But so for me, that's kind of my journey here. 
I love it. You guys are you guys are already good at interviewing. This is this is all all good signs for when when things get big and ESPN comes calling. You'd be like, yeah, we did that warm up lap on TNT. Let's go. But before I let you, my assistant coaches go, I'm, I really, on every conversation we have for Timber and Tila, I always focus on the human behind the mission, whether it's a company, a cause, a team, whatever. Uh, for my two assistant coaches, both you guys, is there anything you guys want to share um, about you personally that you'd want the team to know? I was a kid that, you know, I obviously went to George Mason and I was from Colorado. So my team didn't really get to, or my parents didn't really get to know my coaches as humans. Like they obviously saw them coaching and whatnot, but there wasn't a lot of interaction time. So I really want you guys to come on to give the opportunity uh, to kind of humanize the coach a little bit more. So if, if there's any story or anything you guys want to share about yourselves that you want the parents to know so they can just understand you as a human outside of a coach a little bit before the season kicks off. Yeah, absolutely. I could jump up first. Um, I guess I'd just like to emphasize the power of sports, uh, how many lessons it can kind of teach us and how it can shape us into, you know, being human beings and, and learning how to fail and learning how to overcome and, and learning how to work together. Um, in college, I wasn't the best player, not even close. I really only played a few games. I was a healthy scratch most games. And by the time I earned my playing time my senior year, I broke an ankle. I got a concussion and had to go to vestibular therapy. And then my first game back from that, I dislocated my shoulder and was out for the rest of the season. So I, I, uh, I've seen the, the, the bad times in sports, but the kind of the bright, you know, those bright spots outweighed everything that kind of ever pulled me down. And I don't think I would have shaped into the adult I am today without all of those experiences and those 6 a.m. practices my parents took me to and, you know, earning playing time and seeing how hard work can pay off and how you can work your way up a ladder. And, and really, I feel like it, it's made me so much more successful in life. And and uh, I guess I would just you kind of kind of say, if you know, that's my goal as a coach is, you know, I want to push you. I want to make you better, but but I want to create a relationship with you, too. And, and I want you to kind of see that. You know, I'm here holistically to try to make you the best human being you could be. And sports will end one day. Uh, but ultimately, you know, my goal is to make you as successful as I can in life and help you see those lessons and help you uh, shape yourself into the, you know, that productive human being that we're all hoping that we can become one day. There you go. That's definitely what we need. Life skills through sports. Yeah. And then I guess for me, you know, I'm a firm believer that not everyone wears their story on their sleeve. Um, so definitely taking a more human approach to things. Um, I take a lot of pride in my background at Ohio State. It's a very prideful institution. And I think the lessons and just the ethos that I have grown up in there, I really do carry with me everywhere I go. Um, you know, there's a quote on our wall that says you win with people from Woody Hayes. And for me, I think that's just something, you know, you walk in as a freshman, you don't necessarily understand the gravitas of that. But um, the older I got, the more, you know, the more I really realized how impactful that is. Um, and speaking of that, I think also I forgot to mention that I actually played for Kara as well for one year at Ohio State. So um, that kind of goes in line with that. I'm, I'm a firm believer in you are who you surround yourself with. And, um, you know, I, there's a reason I followed her here for that, but yeah, like not everyone wears their story on their sleeve. So you kind of have to approach everyone, you know, with a neutral, with a neutral take. And I'm a very big people person. And that's kind of been my approach, you know, with the girls thus far, and they've been very good at accepting me and it is my first year. So I do find myself staggering a little bit, but I have surrounded myself with great people who, who do pick me up both the kids and these guys right here. But, um, I would say that, and then also the power of the pivot. I like to say that, especially because I did do one year in a, in a decision I probably shouldn't have made out of college. And, you know, I think I needed to make that mistake on my own. And it just made me feel so much more confident in this decision myself. And I'm someone who was a perfectionist and still kind of am to a certain extent with a lot of aspects of my life. But, you know, making that mistake and having to kind of jump off the deep end and just make a complete 180 career wise has just kind of given me a lot of breadth and freedom and kind of made me realize that like you know what it's okay to fail in immensely you know especially if you have people surrounding you who can pick you up but also you know you have the wherewithal to do it yourself boom i love it you mean you didn't get all that fulfillment out of the corporate world are you sure <laughs> man i mean i i love some parts of it, but it really does kick you when you're down i'll tell you that much. yeah i'm totally poking the bear no shade anyone listen in the corporate world because you know sometimes you got to pay bills and we all have different journeys and passions and sometimes you fit in different structures better uh but i think my like you know mission driven intense varsity humans like to call 
usually we don't fit too well into systems that, uh, you know, we didn't really grow up in or have that athletic or creative freedom to speak and be and lead. So no surprises when I see a lot of athletes jump back into the athletic world. But I do, I agree with you, Riley, that you've got to do all the pieces of the journey so it makes sense. And now you know. Exactly. Nate, did you, I like that you said uh, you were never the best player, but do you think some of the adversity and the injury kept you hungry? Like maybe not getting to those goals? Because I identify with this. I have a similar story-ish to that. Do you think it kept you hungry to kind of keep chasing success and keep you in the game? Yeah, it definitely, um, you know, I was always goal-oriented in the sense that, you know, I was able to make realistic goals for myself and, and improve marginally from day to day to create a bigger difference towards the end. So I remember senior year of high school, I placed the goal that I wanted to make the, the PIHL all-star team. And, you know, I really only had like four goals in my life before that. And I scored 30 that year. And I ended up kind of like working really hard all summer and lifting and running and, and I achieved my goal. And so, yeah, that, that pinnacle that get to college and you kind of fall back down and I'm getting scratched every game. And I remember sitting in Navy, looking at the student stand, going to a shootout, thinking it would be so cool one day to be able to play a game there. And, by my senior year, earning, you know, third line minutes and power play minutes and, and penalty kill minutes. And unfortunately, injuries derailed that a little bit. But definitely the work ethic was there to to kind of try to reach that pinnacle for me. Uh, the other thing I kind of always noticed as a kid is I just had a passion for like the X's and O's. Um, and, and my coaches would have always said I wasn't the, the, the fastest player, the strongest player, the biggest player, but I was usually the smartest player. Um, so I was able to put myself in positions to succeed where maybe my athleticism wouldn't have taken me. Um, and I can remember, you know, I had season tickets to the Pittsburgh Penguins growing up. And I remember wanting to sit higher up in the stands so that I could take a whiteboard with me and draw out all the plays <laughs> as they went on. And I remember going to a winter classic game against the Capitals. And, and again, uh, it was rainy and cold. So I took my little cover from my whiteboard and I was drawing out all the all the breakouts and all the plays and just kind of like was always fascinated with learning. You know, obviously they were so athletic, but what were they doing that was putting themselves in the position to succeed? And, and I, I think that really from a young age, my mom jokes that she thought I was always going to be a football coach. Um, and I obviously didn't go that path. But, um, you know, I think it was noticed that I took such an interest in in the strategies of sports, not just the, you know, the celebration of sports. And, and I think uh, coaching was always kind of in my lineage and, and in my future, it just took me a little time to figure out that maybe my mind was a little better than, than my body at sports. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, it's that whole human approach. You need both things to make, to make the dream work, but it's funny how our, our path is kind of like the intel's there early on as kiddos. We just, I think we get older, we forget it. And then eventually we get old enough to go back to that. But usually the writing is on the wall pretty early. Was it like that for you, Riley at all? Yes. I mean, like I said, I grew up in a coach's household. So I, I, as early as I can remember, I was every Sunday, I would go with my dad to watch film um, ever since I was probably like six or seven. Um, so I actually probably am better at watching football film to this day than I am lacrosse, <laughs> um, actually saying something. Um, but I would always help him with like the personnel, you know, whoever he was scouting. So he was a defensive coordinator. I didn't take that gene from him much to his chagrin. I am more offensive oriented, but um, yeah, I grew up in the film room. I grew up on the football field with him. I played football with boys when I was younger. So I did have a bit of a chip on my shoulder with that because I, I was determined to run with them. Um, I lifted with the football team up until high school. Like I okay. said, I definitely have a chip on my shoulder with that. But um, yeah, I mean, I grew up as a coach. My family calls me Coach Ewing the second now um, <laughs> as a joke. But yeah, the writing was written on the walls and everyone tells me back home like they're like, I'm not surprised. It's it's in my blood. So yeah, I grew up in that environment. So, and for me, I think it also helped me as an athlete because it just made me so much more coachable because I didn't really have an option to not be coachable because it's just yeah. the environment I grew up in. And, you know, it's just, it, it's, it helps me much more from an analytical standpoint with the game because, you know, I understood, you know, what was expected going into it from an, from, you know, a work ethic perspective as well from, you know, knowing the X's and O's perspective, but yeah, the writing was on the walls. It just took me, took me a couple of years to get there. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that, that process might continue as a 42-year-old. I'm telling you, <laughs> some things you think you get ahead and you learn and then somehow you forget those lessons, but they come back. It gets a little easier as you go through. It's like mm -hmm. running an obstacle course, like you start to learn it. 
But that's really great. It's really powerful and beautiful to hear how you guys are, you have like the stats, the analytical side, and then you have this really balanced human approach about caring about your kiddos and your humans and uh, being blank slates and really just getting to know your team as humans. I think that is kind of still new, newer conversation, even in high-end competitive situations. It's still not super status quo to lean way into the human side. So I'm, I'm pumped to, to uh, see you guys compete this season. I, do you, to my two assistant coaches, do you guys have any favorite quotes or anything before I let you fly? I, I do. It's a little long-winded and let's go. archaic, though. Um, my, my favorite quote is Sun Tzu from The Art of War, and Kara's going to laugh at me because I'm just – this is so on the nose with me. It's, it's my favorite book. I think it's the most relevant, but um, it's, it's to see victory is only within the ken of the common herd and that is, is not the acme of excellence, um, which is just a long way of saying like to see victory only when everyone else does is not the mark of someone who is excellent at their job. Being able to see, you know, victory, success, being able to see potential when no one else can is the true definition of excellence. And I like it because it really just it separates ability from all of it. Excellence is, is a mindset and an approach, not necessarily what you bring to the table. It's how you, it's how you bring it to the table. So. I love it. As you said, you're you're a perfectionist. <laughs> I, I love it. I think that's very very uh, very good self awareness on your end. Um, you know, it's funny if you asked me as a high schooler, I probably would have said, uh, "Winning isn't everything; it's the only thing." Yeah. Um, and as you <laughs> kind of grow up and you learn lessons and you take losses and you you kind of re you know reflect and 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 remold yourself. Um, I'm stealing this from Kara. It's a quote we have on our wall, but it does resonate with us a lot. Um, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. It's yeah. probably more now the style of life that I try to live versus that winning isn't, you know, everything is the only thing. Because uh, really take pride in, in the process, uh, take pride in, in the work. And if you take pride in all those things, it's going to fall in place the way it should, right? If it, And even if it doesn't, you can be proud of yourself at the end of the day for doing everything that you can. Uh, to try to succeed and, and not having any regret that that maybe you could have done more. So I think that that's, uh, you know, been pretty impactful in the last year and a half since I've been here is kind of living that mantra and that style, but definitely, you know, resonates with me a lot these days. I love that. Yeah, it's funny how you start to see the small wins and the things that don't get credit that are really huge pieces of the play that actually take you to the end game. And that continued, you know, I, I poke the bear about excellence because, again, if you're mission driven, and you're high achiever, you're, you're probably some form of a perfectionist. And it's such a process to lean in and let some of that go and see where some of these wins are happening when you're not even paying attention. And whether it's accolades or not, like it's all part of the bigger picture. So we're, we're continued students of the game no matter how old you get. Absolutely. All right, you guys, I have a million more questions for you too, but we're going to lead it on to the head coach to take the reins. I appreciate you guys jumping on. I'm hoping to catch a game IRL in real life this year, uh, but if I don't get to tell you in person, I'm wishing you very, very green and gold. Uh, good luck. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Yes, appreciate Thanks. it. Yes. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, they're awesome. Man, you picked out two humans that really get like the turmeric and tequila side of things because it's hard to get people with both brains, like the right and the left of like X's and O's and then, you know, the human the energy and caring about your people like th that's were you pretty intentional about that? Let's just jump in right there. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll start with Riley first, just simply because I had the opportunity to coach her um, and little fun facts. She played for Amy Bacher, who I was okay. at Stanford and Ohio State. So, um, you know, Right from the minute I got to Columbus, Riley was someone that just stood out to me. Um, and when you talk about sport, I think to the point that they've mentioned, and I'm sure we'll cover this, it's really easy to get carried away in the X's and O's and the skill piece. But at this level, everyone has that, right? It's those that separate themselves through some of those intangible qualities that Riley brings. So it was a no brainer when she called me and said, hey, I'm looking to get out of corporate. Like, you know anybody that has an opening and i'm like uh yeah we do uh let's go come on come on a yeah. fair path so she was great in that space and with nate um there's just a certain energy and calmness that he brings uh that i most certainly need i don't really ever know how to turn it off i think that's kind of just part of sitting in the seat that i sit in so with his calmness, um, his really strong understanding of the X's and O's and finding ways to diversify our game as well as connect with our student athletes. They're both just 
I would not be where I am today without them. So I'm, I'm really fortunate to have them. Hey, that's awesome. Well, and this is the first season with the three of you together. So I'm super curious yeah. to see how it, how it shakes out. Well, before we jump into anything down the road, like I asked them, let's talk about you as the human before lacrosse, before that, like give us the 411 on like Kara the person. Yeah, no, I love that question. So, you know, I think as I continue to grow and get older, um, I just turned 31 this year. So like, I'm starting to really figure out who I am as a human, right? It, it takes a lot longer than we expect. Um, and I think for years, I struggled to find my identity outside of sport. Um, yeah. But now I'm really starting, thanks to my athletes, have a full understanding of who I stand for as a person. Um, and I pride myself on really like three pillars. Um, I trust immensely. I trust people until I'm given reason not to trust. But I just think it's the premise of everything. Um, always having a good intention, a clear mind and a great heart. Um, I just approach everything from that perspective because I just think in this day and age, sometimes we lose that. Uh, it's a very much dog eat dog world, but we've got to have that foundation of trust. So that's one thing. Um, I am a huge people person. Uh, I'm big on energy. I'm a big over communicator, um, but I don't ever think that that over communication piece, like you can never have that, right? Uh, we have a saying here, like confirm the confirmation, over communicate, um, get to really have a good understanding of people. So that's a big part of who I am. And then the commitment piece. Uh, Nate took it. It's right here on my wall. One of our alums gave that to me. Uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. The girls laugh at me because I say it all the time. Uh, I wake up in the morning and if my bed's not like made, <laughs> I make it again. And my 12 year old, oh my yeah, my 12 year old shit to do is looking at me like, uh, it's breakfast time. Like it, <laughs> there's more important things happening. So, um, I just think how you carry yourself, uh, whether it's without speaking and just your action, it goes a really long way and your reputation follows you everywhere. So those are just some kind of quick, three quick things I pride myself on. I, I love that. And were you, uh, did you play sports your entire life? And when did you start coaching? When did that hat start to be worn? Yeah. So I grew up uh, playing soccer. Actually, my from gosh, I feel like probably when I came out of the womb, my mom threw me on a soccer field when I was like two years old. I was okay. convinced I was going to be the next Mia Hamm. Uh, clearly, it did not turn out that way. <laughs> and then um, in eighth grade, I played at a high school on Long Island uh, called Rocky Point out on the East End. Uh, Joe Spolina, who is the current Stony Brook coach right now, was my high school coach. And I played varsity soccer in eighth grade. And he said, Kara, if you don't pick up a lacrosse stick, you're going back down to middle school. And I was 11. So okay. to me, that was like the worst thing anybody could have said. So I picked up a lacrosse stick, uh, fell in love with the game instantly. Um, and sports have just always been a big part of who I am and my identity. And my two assistants hit the nail on the head. Like there's just so many amazing ways to relate to other humans, learn larger life lessons um, and what better way to do it than through sport. So it's always been a big part of who I who I was, who I am and who I eventually hopefully will be as well. I love that. And I love that you guys highlight the adversity and, you know, some of the breakdowns and breakthroughs. I think even when I was in college or even in corporate world, or obviously I haven't been in the corporate world too much, but here and there when I have to deal with corporate situations, there's very much that old school stoic approach. Like the leader doesn't fail. The leader doesn't feel the leader. I mean, it's very disconnected from the quote unquote subordinates because I think people mostly out of insecurity feel like they have to exude this really intentional, powerful, flawless energy as the leader or the boss. And that's not the truth. It's, I think to me, that's a very archaic approach and something that most people don't buy into, particularly our young humans that are like really ultra conscious consumers and they're aware of everything. Yep. Did you have any sort of uh, evolution in your own leadership where you started to let down the wall and humanize your approach year after year? Yeah. So I think it ended up happening a little bit before I was in this leadership role, um, more so when I was in assistant position. Um, it actually happened when I was a player, uh, but there was a silver lining most certainly that I Fat realized after it happened, but um, my whole life, I after I finished playing lacrosse at Northwestern, um, I had a goal of making the U.S. team and playing in a World Cup and playing in the World Games. And I was playing professionally at the time. And in our last game in the championship, it was the last uh, round of eval. So I had made the U.S. team, um, but for the next couple months, they were evaling and making decisions on who was going to be the final roster to go to the World Cup. And um, I ended up tearing my ACL in that game. Um, wow. And, you know, when you think about that, like I was 24 at the time, I, 
yes, had an amazing career at Northwestern, won national championships. But for me, the pinnacle was to achieve this. And it happened with wow. literally 90 seconds left on the clock, oh. uh, going for a ground ball I didn't even need to go for. Um, but it was fate, right? So I wasn't meant to be there. And I think at the time, it was the silver lining in the sense of, hey, you need to start looking at sport from a way bigger approach and not so self-centered on yourself. Um, I think I lapsed a lot, lapsed a lot of judgment in some of the decisions I made, just being self-centered, a little selfless or selfish and not selfless enough. Um, so that was a big moment for me just as a human, yeah. uh, which has helped me kind of get to where I am today. Um, I think in this sport and in this like dog eat dog environment that we live in and everything, but especially now, it's hard to kind of see big picture all the time and be selfless. Uh, but it really is the most important thing and it helps you reach your goals a lot faster. So that's just one moment that sticks out. Well, what 90 last 90 seconds, those, I, I think the tougher you are. And again, the more mission driven varsity human, you're like, we're going to fix it. We're going to train harder. We're going to do what we got to do in universe. I say God, universe of Madonna. I don't know what you believe, but yeah. one of those things will knock you. I feel like at your most vulnerable when I was at Mason, this is not USA tryouts, but we had uh, so again, Colorado kid. I was the only one that wasn't like within 300 miles of the university. Essentially it was like Maryland, New York. Yeah. And, whatever. <laughs> um, and so we went to Denver, we played Denver and Stanford and my, my whole family was out there. It was like one of my better games, blah, blah, blah. It was sophomore year. So I was actually playing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was just like the best weekend of my life. I was, you know, we beat girls that I wasn't even like recruiters, you know, looked over me like in a heartbeat. Long story short, we get back, we play UMBC on this old ass school turf and we were started to lose whatever, get the ball, go to goal. Didn't need to take the shot. Wasn't calculated, blah, blah, come up knee sticks and tear my ACL. So it was like super high to super low. Yep. And immediately, like, first instinct of identity crisis and depression and, you know, being 2,000 miles away from my family and I, I'm not with my lacrosse team. So I feel you. It's it's hard. But in retrospect, like, it was such a pivot point in my life as a human that in turn, it, like you said, it, it adds so much empathy into your world that wasn't there before. Oh, yes. And I, I also think I, I'm curious on your comment on this because at such a high level, and I think I experienced this a little bit more with CrossFit mm -hmm. and I was kind of um, poking your assistant coach about perfection because I get it. And I like, again, I was, you know, 18, 20 in, in college, graduating out of fifth year. And then, you know, in, in CrossFit, I don't know, I was like 27 to 35, like older. So I should know better. And every little bit in this high end competitive situation, like your food, your fueling, your sleep, your schedule. And with, you know, lacrosse, you're such a high level. You kind of have to live in this myopic space. Mm -hmm. How Once you learned and you had that experience of training your ACL, how did you kind of balance that out and let like enough fun, joy, whatever in, but also stay super competitive? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I didn't for a yeah. while. Uh, I and that's just me being completely candid. Um, I did not enjoy life's smallest little, you know, cherish beautiful things. I, I didn't. I was back in this selfish silo focused on myself and having myself what one would call a very unfiltered like pity party. Um, Who is me? Why did this happen? Um, and one of my mentors, uh, what she said to me the day that I tore my ACL kind of came back after about like the brutal first six weeks of just getting through, like being able to like put your own socks on. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, like, when I got hurt that day, she looked at me in the face after I had a little bit of a crying session. And she said, you have 24 hours to sulk yeah. about this and then you got to move forward. And I remember thinking about that like six and a half weeks in and I just shifted my focus, um, shifted my thoughts to my recovery, my sleep. God, did I learn the power of how much sleep impacts your recovery, yeah. uh, nutrition. And to your point, like it was the first time in my life where I had to kind of compile all those together, journaling, mental health. I never really experienced that till that. Um, and now from one CrossFit junkie to another, like <laughs> I, I see that in my day to day and my yeah. training. And it's something that we preach here to our athletes a lot, too. So it's been nice to kind of have this full circle experience to help educate and empower them also. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you do, you got to have all this stuff in order and, and be intentional, you know, mission driven, focused, and you got to have fun. Like it's points oh, yeah. you just got to relax and laugh at stupid things or lessons or human moments and just chill the F out about a, <laughs> a lot of it. Seriously. Yeah. And 
that's not really hard. I just posted a thing the other day. It's like the most gangster thing I ever did was like calm down. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like maybe next year, but it's a hard situation. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, um, how are we managing? Well, actually, let's get to mental health because I'm so curious on the the business side because of my business heart. But mm-hmm. what are some intentional things you do with your team to talk in talk about mental health? Because I've heard the stats on uh, death by suicide amongst our D1 athletes is higher than ever. I mean, it's no longer like I'm unhappy. I don't want to play. It's I don't want to be here. Yep. And it's really, really scary stuff. I coached for 10 years in high school and we didn't have a ton of conversations, but I really did try and lean into mental health. But are you guys equipped with courses or something for like just the university? to equip you, the coaches with skills or tools. Tell us all about that. Yeah. So we have an in-house sport performance um, as well as a couple other resources that we have for our student athletes. Sport performance is kind of one branch. Um, and then his name is Dr. Derek Vigon. He works with our student athletes, whether it's sport related or just mental health related. Um, so he's in-house, which is great. And he has a couple other partners with him um, that we share as resources to our student athletes. And I will say our our team uh, is not shy to lean into these difficult conversations. Um, it kind of starts with that people first mentality. Uh, we have an open door policy and that's what I want in our program. We're all going to go through something. We just have to be comfortable to share it with one another, to be vulnerable with one another. There's power and vulnerability. Uh, a lot of growth comes from that. So whether it's with one another, uh, normalizing these things that we go through is a big part. Um, And then we also do what we call team optimal performance training on Fridays in the off season uh, with Dr. Vigon and his partner, Shannon Bellflower. It's a space that us coaches are not in. It's just the team with them um, providing a space where they can really kind of dive in, dig deep in terms of like some mental barriers as a team, um, as well as individuals. And I will say, like, from what I've heard, they're going great. Some of them get really emotional and deep. Um, but to be a lead at this level and to have success, you've got to be able to knock down those barriers amongst each yeah. other and amongst yourself to be vulnerable. So those are just some of the very few that we have. Um, and I will say we've, we're tapping into that more than ever now. And, you know, hopefully knock on wood, it's setting us up for the most success. Heck yeah. And I'm having these skills like after graduation, oh, yeah. like, you know, it was saying like you, I mean, at some point this is going to, and even I started lacrosse business right afterwards. So it, it kind of stayed in my life. So even when it ends as an athlete or whatever, these are such incredible skills to carry on throughout your life. And whether you're a coach or a parent or in any leadership role, I always say everyone's an influencer because everybody's watching. Mm-hmm. Like you have these tools to not only use on yourself, but you're modeling them, whether you know it or not. Yep. That's, that's really awesome. Did you have these tools when you played as a, as a collegiate athlete? Yeah. So we had the resources and the tools. Um, to be quite frank, I just don't think it was something that was normalized or spoken yeah. about as frequently. Um, so it was not something that was in the day to day where I feel as though uh, mental health and check ins and weekly daily check ins are more of a thing now. Um I wish it was more normalized because uh, hindsight 2020, I definitely could have used the resources to talk about some of the things that I was dealing with. Um, but I will say as much as the resources are for our student athletes here, like our student athletes are a resource for us and they provide a safe space for us to feel like our authentic self too. So um, I'm really thankful just to have them now help me kind of sift through some of the things that we as coaches face on a day to day too. Um, so I'm thankful for the fact that this generation has normalized that and brought a little bit more to the table and being vulnerable to discuss these things. Absolutely. I, I think we had a sports psychologist and I don't, I didn't ever utilize it. Like you said, I absolutely could have used it, but it wasn't even like something I thought to like exercise or go through or address, like not, it wasn't even within like context of the conversation. So like you, I really agree with that. And I, I love that, you know, attitude reflects leadership. So if you guys aren't walking in it and doing that path, I don't think your kiddos are going to buy in mm-hmm. and be open-minded to either. And I would even say this with your CrossFit training. I love that you are still in the game, moving big weight, doing hard things, because that authenticity translates to the leadership. Like you're still in it. Do you think yeah. that helps a little bit with like your coaching style and like your kids seeing you do hard work? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, sometimes like we run with them, we lift with them, okay. I, we, jump, we jump into drills sometimes. And I think, you know, for them, um, obviously they've seen the success that we've had and the failures that we've had 
through reading bios, right? And yeah. pulling up old Instagrams or things that you see on the internet. Um, but when they see that we're facing some of those adversities or challenges in our own day to day in different avenues, and we can relate to them while it might not be geared up on the field with them, I think it just provides us all a very similar space, which then further helps them feel a little bit vulnerable to talk to us. Um, you know, I think if they were listening to this, they'd laugh because they'd be like, what you doing that just gives us like you more of a reason to like push us and grind us. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if I'm not doing it, who else is going to? So I think it, it goes a little hand in hand, but definitely. I love it. I, my CrossFit heart so wants so, and you guys have like a really nice training space now. Oh, I want to yeah. like sh show up with my 25 year old shirt Let's and throw some it. weight around with you the 20 year old. Whatever. <laughs> I would love, they'd be like, who in the hell is this girl? <laughs> I can only imagine. I was trying to think like when I was in college, like if some 40 year old rolled up and was like, let's do pull-ups. I'd be like, oh my God, like this, <laughs> get this girl out of here. But that's hilarious. How, how do you guys handle the conversation around social media? Because everything's out there. We had like a hard rule. Like if you're going to the parties, don't wear your George Mason stuff, blah, 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 which is obvious. But yep. what do you do now with social media? Like, do you give boundaries or guidelines or what's the vibe? Yeah. So we definitely have boundaries and rules set within the team rules that the athletes sign every year. It's a very open, candid conversation that we have consistently. Um, and I just approach it from the space of one, I think everybody attacks it from the sense of what do you want your future employers to mm -hmm. see of you? Um, but also 10, 15 years from now, when you look back, what do yeah. you want to see and see yourself reflected as, right? So it's a conversation we're consistently having. Um, it's a conversation that we have in a lot of different avenues for a lot of different reasons, especially <laughs> as you talk about NLI, that's a whole yeah. another can of worms. Um, but I will say our athletes, um, they are amazing in the sense of understanding the bigger picture. I think it's something that we just talk about so consistently. It's not the I, it's not the me, it's always the we, um, and not just our program, our larger George Mason athletics community and university. Um, and they understand we're trying to do something special. And like you said, there's always a fine lens on that and everyone's always watching. So it's something that I think they definitely feel pressure, uh, but it's an honor and it's not something that they're kind of willing to risk a silly social media post on Instagram just to gain a few followers for. So they're awesome in that space. I love it. Well, I mean, they grew up with it, so they're so ahead of the game and I think they get it. Yeah. I swear I always say I need to hire like a 12 year old to do the YouTube and all the things. Oh, I'm pr we're pretty good. Dude. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't even have TikTok. I'm like, my to my and so I'm like, you guys got to keep me in the loop with what I'm saying because TikTok is like taking over the world, I swear. Uh, it's, it is. It's a whole thing. It's hard to, it's cardio, like just keeping up. So yeah, it's good. Just keep your young humans around you and then <laughs> outsource that, that piece. Well, on that, on that note, tell me about the name, image, and likeness. This is certainly new and I have two sides to this and I won't pontificate, but I love that the kiddos now get paid for what they are and what they're out there mm -hmm. and, and it's not going to the universities and you know, you become a business person right away. And I think that does take some of the purity out of the sport. And I saw that graduating and then immediately starting a business and it changed it for me. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But losing that purity, I think is a little bit hard. How do you guys manage? And do any of your kids have like major deals or anything like that? And does that shift the energy of anything? Yeah. So I think with our sport specifically and where we sit, um, I think women's lacrosse right now, there's definitely some universities that are leading the charge. Um, yeah. But I think we're kind of in the evolution stage with NLI and kind of learning a bit more about it and how we can really tap into it. Um, our program specifically, we're more on the reserve side. Um, there's no like big time NLI deals that we have right now, but definitely some smaller ones. Um, we have a platform that we use here. It's called um, JMU Merch or GMU Merch. Um, oh, geez, not JMU. Geez, no, geez. not JMU. Sorry, <laughs> GMU Merch. And uh, the kids get to have their own customized shirts and sweatshirts and hats and stuff that they can sell to family. So, oh, cool. That's been a great addition. Um, but the NLI space, it's ever evolving. Um, it is a revolving door that spins very quickly and you have to be very careful with. So our new athletic director, Marvin Lewis, has done a great job of kind of really bringing the NLI space here to Mason and finding ways, not only how can we tap into it, but how can we diversify, right? Mm -hmm. Like I opened my Instagram this morning and the Utah football team, um, every scholarship athlete got like a brand new truck. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, it's wild. So oh there's a lot of different God. things going on. Um, but to your point, there's a little bit of purity, like when you're just an athlete and you're grinding, yeah. and you're not doing it for 
trucks or money <laughs> or things like that. But um, it's a space that we need to get a little bit more comfortable in and tap into. Um, and hopefully maybe one day we will have that. But right now, not yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's super interesting. I know we've got, you know, CU Boulder, Dion's out here and they're flashing big watches and his son drives a $200,000 car on campus. I don't know where you parked that in Boulder. But anyways, I I just, the psychology and the impact of that of like you have, you know, one person in the training room that's quote unquote worth $10 million and one that's just a scholarship athlete. Does the training change? Does do the student, do the teachers fail that student? Like there's so many heavy conversations around that because it is business and business has different rules. Mm -hmm. I will be curious to see how it, translates but i do like your guys approach of how you're actually creating these revenue streams intentionally uh for your kiddos because the parents and stuff are buying gear anyway so my and you're broke as ever in college so it's which is also an important piece of the game like you need yeah. to know what natty light is you know yeah. when you're 21 and you know and sandwiches from the gas station the stuff you just do in college yeah, yeah absolutely yeah that's crazy. And I was saying, I heard name, image, and like likeness. Is it name, likeness, and image? No, name, image, and likeness. So NLI is the national okay. letter of intent. And L, yeah. So like, you know, all these acronyms, there's an acronym for an acronym. So if I tend to mix those up, sorry, there's just like, we're oh, you're on the NLI signing period in about a month. So okay, okay, yeah. Well, I was, I mean, I my brain, I'm like, just tell me if I'm saying wrong. I, we no, stay no, in very no. humble space out here. This stays <laughs> recorded, so people know we are far from flawless on tour and tequila. Yeah. But uh, it, like you say, it's just such a jungle to navigate, and it's changing every two seconds. Yeah. And man, it's big dollars. So I'll be curious to see if you do have like a breakout star and Adidas comes running or something. And maybe at some point we can have a candid combo because I do also think that coaches want to know what other good coaches are doing and how they're doing it because there's no this hasn't been done before. Like there's no masterclass on this yet. So I think any shared intel is really great for any for the leadership to manage it the right way because they're still they're young humans like these are kids. So, yep, absolutely. Well, when we get our first big, big time Adidas or Powerade or Gatorade person, <laughs> we'll make sure we have Montumer tequila. Let's go. Hopefully you get something cleaner from like the CrossFit community that's not like high fructose corn syrup or I mean, <laughs> get paid, especially when you're young. But, you know, we yeah. can <laughs> maybe exactly. be mindful. Exactly. All right. Well, tell me. OK, so this is a big season. Tell me about 2023, what we're excited about goals. Like, let's put it all out to universe. Yeah. So entering season four, taking over the program, um, change takes time. And I think in this world of college athletics, we tend to, unfortunately, from the outside in only be judged based on our record. Um, and I'm not naive to that. It, it's been it's been a challenge, um, but a challenge that we've tackled head on. And I think right now in year four, thanks to all the alums and players that have paved an awesome foundation for this new era of Mason lacrosse, we're in a really great spot. Um, we have two full recruiting classes under us, um, some transfers, some people from the previous coaching staff all blended together uh, that are here for one reason, and it's to make Mason lacrosse the best it's ever been. So there's a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz. Um, you know, I think being able to bridge the past, the current and the future together is a, is a big focus of mine. Um, and I finally feel like we're at a place where the selflessness is the most important part, uh, making people like yourself really proud to wear that t-shirt and walk around and, and say, I'm a Mason lacrosse alum and, and, and really creating some hype around our program. So our current student athletes, let me tell you, like they're tough as nails. They are tough as nails. I would go to war with them any single day. Um, so I'm super proud. And I hope the product that we put on the field this spring is is some of the best in the country. So we're really excited. I love that so much. It's and I don't think George Mason. I mean, it's been 20 years since I've been there or plus whatever. Not we were comm majors, so not one for math. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Botox. We, um, you know, we really like the, there's still a group of alumni that keep in touch. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, for a while, it was pretty disconnected. But there is really a base of pride that's there. Mm -hmm. And as I, we've seen the campus grow and the team, you know, evolve over time and change and all the things. I think throughout, there's always been that really like prideful foundation. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. I think it's really starting to rise and be talked. And I, and I really got to credit you guys and your efforts in doing that with the alumni and the emails and all these, you know, continued gestures. I, cause I know I'm on a similar end where it's constant contact and like these things are a lot of effort, but I, I agree. And I appreciate that you guys put that into it because I think that pride and that wholeness and that foundation is a big pot, part of the story and the success. And, and, and I think it would helps, you know, our, your kiddos now really buy into, uh, you know, the pride and the belief in the story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, 
Um, we're definitely trying to like up our traction on social media. I know that just kind of helps bring in a little bit of excitement, but the one thing that our athletes love is the alumni zoom that we do every fall and <laughs> we sent it out in the last uh, newsletter. We'll send it again. We'll put on social media, but just providing a space. Um, obviously we do a spring alumni game and it's tough like yourself. There's people all over the country. Life is crazy. Um, but to have a space like that for you all just to chat, uh, chat about the things that are the same, chat about the things that are different. Um, it's what gets them so excited. It's literally their favorite part of the fall. Um, so I was fortunate enough to have a really strong alumni base at Northwestern. Um, and when I took over, it was during COVID and like the world was just kind of all over the place. So yeah. kind of bridging that back together uh, is a big focus of ours. And listen, like I'm not naive. The foundation that you all laid before these student athletes and I got here it's what's going to get us to where we need to go. So we got to honor that, respect that, and bring everybody together. I love it. I love it. But that doesn't happen if we don't have somebody leading the charge and taking the reins. So uh, I see your New York soul. And, the, and coming from a program like Northwestern and all the ethos and tradition there, bringing that to George Mason, I think, is a really special thing. So kudos to you guys as well. And I know the alumni are excited about the things. I'm so glad the Zoom is, is well received. It's such a it's such a funny thing in 2023 that, you know, those connection points, it's just like one more business meeting, but it's such a yeah. huge thing to yeah. connect with people you never see, but you have this major common denominator of you know your collegiate experience I think is really special we didn't touch on title nine but do you have any major thoughts this is something I wrote many papers about it in college and continue to be a major advocate you know Billie Jean King and the whole thing do you have any major thoughts around title nine yeah I mean just from a very broad scale um I think us as women need to continue to do a better job empowering each other to lead and to take charge and to step into a field, a boardroom, a classroom, wherever it is, and not be hesitant to speak our minds. Um, I have been fortunate enough to be around such empowering, strong women. Uh, my mother is like one of my biggest idols in my life, raised my brother and I, uh, literally the biggest grinder that you'll ever meet. Um, and she's really paved the way for how I look at women in power how I want to impact our student athletes. Um, so on a very broad scale, we need to keep doing that. Uh, we need to get women in sport on TV more, understanding the roles that we have. Uh, but just in general, from from one female to another, like we got to hold up our end of the bargain and continue to motivate and inspire each other. Because uh, let me tell you, like it's not there's the saying boss lady is not around for no reason. Like we got a lot of power and we got a lot of influence and we got to we got to flex those muscles on a lot of people. Hell yeah. Collaboration over competition all day. all day. And from a marketing standpoint and background, if companies are our young people are listening, you know, 80 percent of the household dollar is spent by the female role. They're usually the leader of the household. That's just a statistic. It's not completely accurate, but it's very cool. It's the majority is spent by the female um, voice in the household. So even if you're just a company and you're not uh, like heart wise tied to the cause and equality, like even business, like you need to wake up and do things different. So I echo your statements and I think it's really important that we continue to unite and support and not have this fear of, uh, oh, you know, only one female can be in the room or anything like that. Cause it's, it's all a false narrative. Yep. Absolutely. I love it. Well, okay. So hit me with any favorite quotes or any last words that you want to leave for your athletes. I keep saying kiddos, but they're young adults. That's just because I'm 42 and we're out here. But uh, any, any, any big words for your team that might be listening? Yeah. I mean, Nate, Nate took mine. I'm going to have to knock <laughs> him for that one. That's like my fallback. Um, not a quote, um, but just something we've been talking a lot about here at Mason as we're heading into a big part of training season. We're in a big heavy recruiting season. Uh, one of my former mentors uh, last week asked me like, what are three things that you want Mason lacrosse players to embody? And I was like, we talk about that on a lot on a you know year to year basis with our teams. But if I'm speaking generally, uh, three things, love, commitment, and toughness. And, you know, I don't know if my girls will get this deep into the podcast. I hope they do. Um, <laughs> my women, I should say, but they are the toughest, most committed, most loving, endearing, empathetic humans on this planet. Mm -hmm. um, and we set goals and, and bars that we want to reach every year. Um, and of course, like we are as competitive as they come. I told you the story about my bed, right? Uh, I hate losing more than I love winning, um, but it's a win every day for me to show up 
to coach these these women. Um, so if they get to this point in the podcast, I hope they hear that because um, I am just so proud of them. I'm so proud to wear the Mason shirt, uniform, jersey, whatever it is, every single day. Um, and I just want nothing more than success for this program and this university. Amen. I think if you bleed it, they'll see it. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the magic wherever the, I mean, you, you do have to have the in, in game and there's, you know, the records and all the measurables you got to worry about, but man, if you get two, three, four years with a group and that changes a little bit every year, but that's the magic and that time spent, it's a lot, a lot of hours and it's yeah. a lot of, that's a period in time for your, for your student athletes where you're growing so much, man, you are coming to age and you have so much impact as a coach on how they're developing. So if you care that much, I think that speaks volumes, regardless of the record, I'm here to win like you are, as you know, but or I should say, and that, that in between provides winning for the rest of your life on so many levels. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boom. Um, and just tell them they better tune in. This is like a long ass TikTok, so I don't care <laughs> statistically what your attention span is. I'll, like... uh, I'll edit our hours. I'll make it a mandatory thing. <laughs> I was gonna say you quiz them at the end, be like you didn't watch. You it. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, hit us with um, any socials, websites, season schedules. Where where can we find you guys? Yeah, gomason.com. Um, our schedule hasn't been posted just yet, um, but it will be in the coming weeks. Definitely check that out. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Mason Women's Lax. Uh, like I said, we're up in our content, so make sure you check that out. Um, and then Twitter, that's just always like for a quick hit in season. Uh, but Instagram's the way to go. Um, and if there's any alum that are listening, whether it's on the Mason Instagram or me personally or my email, if you're not getting our newsletters, family and friends, anybody interested in the program, please let us know. We send those out monthly and it's the, the easiest way to stay to stay in touch with the day to day. Boom. Really quick. What is, is there anything that we can do as alumni to further support? I mean, I know cash is queen, but any outside of just monetary gains, is there anything else we can do specifically to support the program? Yeah. You know, whether it's an alumni zoom or being in person, um, we're, we're fortunate. We've got a lot of local alums that are around, but having you guys in person or on zooms when we have them, it, it means the world to our current student athletes. Um, so I just encourage any alum that have the chance to watch this or listen, um, if you can come this spring, we'll have that announced pretty soon to just start planning. Uh, but having you all in person is, is such an unbelievable experience for them. Uh, you guys are all awesome um, and have amazing stories and amazing careers. So just kind of bridging the gap and getting everybody together. That would be my one wish from you all. Boom. Okay. Well, I'll definitely see you on Zoom, but we'll, we'll work on the in real life and I'll, I'll keep this shirt like taped together. So I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> well, how about this? How about we'll send you one? You don't have to, you can keep that one so it doesn't fall apart, but we'll hook you up with some new swag. Acceptable. I would love that. I would love Perfect. that. You got it. Well, let's let's check in maybe at the end of the year or down the road. I'd love to see the, how things develop. Congratulations on the head and the heart combination with your coaching staff. I think that is going to just make waves for the program long term. But I wish you guys a ton of luck. And this is it's such a beautiful thing for my heart and soul to reconnect with something that was such a big part of my life so many years ago. So I genuinely wish you luck. But I'm so pumped that we have the humans we do behind the program. Uh, so you guys can continue to just make big change on and off the field. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, we are proud to call ourselves Mason Lacrosse Coaches. And thank you again for having us on today. It means the world. Absolutely. We'll chat soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. <laughs>